turn with me to in the Old Testament, to the book of First Chronicles. I'm going to be reading chapter 28. David summoned all the officials of Israel to assemble at Jerusalem. The officers over the tribes, the commanders of the divisions in the service of the king, the commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds, and the officials in charge of all the property and livestock belonging to the king and his sons, together with the palace officials, the mighty men, and all the brave warriors. King David rose to his feet and said, Listen to me my brothers and my people. I had it in my heart to build a house as a place of rest for the ark of the covenant of the Lord, for the footstool of our God. And I made plans to build it. But God said to me, you are not to build a house for my name because you are a warrior and have shed blood. Yet the Lord God, the God of Israel, chose me from my whole family to be king over Israel forever. He chose Judah as leader. And from the house of Judah, he chose my family. And from my father's sons, he was pleased to make me king over all Israel. Of all my sons, and the Lord has given me many, he has chosen my son Solomon to sit on the throne of the kingdom of the Lord over Israel. He said to me, Solomon, your son, is the one who will build my house and my courts. For I have chosen him to be my son, and I will be his father. I will establish his kingdom forever, if he is unswerving and carrying out my commands and laws, as has been done at this time. So now, I charge you, in the sight of all Israel, and of the assembly of the Lord, and in the hearing of our God, be careful to follow all the commands of the Lord your God, that you may possess this good land and pass it on as an inheritance to your descendants forever. And you, my son Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father and serve him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches every heart and understands every motive behind the thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a temple as a sanctuary. Be strong and do the work. Then David gave his son Solomon the plans for the portico of the temple, its buildings, its storerooms, its upper parts, its inner rooms, and the place of atonement. He gave him the plans of all that the Spirit had put in his mind for the courts of the temple of the Lord and all the surrounding rooms for the treasuries of the temple of God and for the treasuries for the dedicated things. He gave him instructions for the divisions of the priests and Levites and for all the work of serving in the temple of the Lord as well as for all the articles to be used in its service. He designated the weight of gold for all the gold articles to be used in various kind of service and the weight of silver for all the silver articles to be used in various kinds of service. 
The weight of gold for the gold lampstands and their lamps, with the weight for each lampstand and its lamps, and the weight of silver for each silver lampstand and its lamps, according to the use of each lampstand. The weight of gold for each table for consecrated bread, the weight of silver for the silver tables, the weight of pure gold for the forks, sprinkling bowls and pitchers, the weight of gold for each gold dish, the weight of silver for each silver dish, and the weight of the refined gold for the altar of incense. He also gave him the plan for the chariot, that is the cherubim of gold that spread their wings and shelter the ark of the covenant of the Lord. All this, David said, I have in writing from the hand of the Lord upon me, and he gave me understanding in all the details of the plan. David also said to Solomon, his son, Be strong and courageous and do the work. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you until all the work for the service of the temple of the Lord is finished. The divisions of the priests and Levites are ready for all the work on the temple of God. And every willing man skilled in any craft will help you in all the work. The officials and all the people will obey Bible will keep it open at the passage that we read earlier. As most of you will be aware of by now, it has been my custom on the first Sunday of each new year to take a text and have it, if you like, as a motto text, a text for the year, one, one that will speak into our situation. One, one that will give us hope and encouragement and one that we can constantly look to and trust for whatever the Lord has got in store for us as individuals and as a church. And when you do that kind of thing and kind of pluck a text out, as in all situations, you, you need to be careful and you need to keep it in its wider context while also seeking to apply it to us today. The wider context of the verses that we read earlier is that David, probably the greatest king that Israel ever had, although he, he like many of the great biblical characters, was not faultless, he is about to hand over the kingship to his son Solomon. He knows that his time is almost up. He has ran the race. And so what he does is he calls all the good and the great together. And he's them in verses 1 to 8. And then in verses 9 to 20, he particularly addresses his son Solomon. And the main issue that he addresses is the building of the temple, a place where God made well. And what I want to do is use this passage, and in particular verse 20, to encourage and to enthuse and to equip us for the work that we have been called to which is not to build a temple, but rather to build a kingdom. 
However, before I get to the main part of what I want to say this morning, let me just spend a couple of minutes on something that really struck me as I studied it this week. And it will only be a couple of minutes and I'll probably pick up on it at some other time. But, but allow me to ask you a question. What is your response when God says no? What is your response when God says no? And the reason I ask that is because of verses 2 and 3. Notice what David is saying here. David, the man after God's own heart. David had it in his heart to build this temple, to build this place for God. Indeed, he says he made plans for it, and there can be no doubting David's sincerity. This was a godly desire. This was not about David. This was not for him. This was for God, and it was for God's glory. He wanted to build it. Yet verse 3 tells us clearly that God said no. No. You're not building it, David. For Samuel 7 tells us that Nathan the prophet had made this clear to David years before. And I really found this challenging. Because, as I said, it seems that David has got no other reason, no other purpose for doing this other than God's glory. Yet God did not permit David to do it. This is not, brothers and sisters, unanswered prayer the answer is no and at least David has got an answer for the no it was because he had been indeed was a warrior it was because he had shed blood the temple was to be built by a man of peace a man of rest Chapter 22, verse 8, makes that clear. So at least David kind of knew the reason for the no. And as you read the rest of the chapter, you see that David actually is content with this decision of God. He rests in and he trusts God's word with the decision and with the answer to his prayer. Friends, that is something that we also need to do. Sometimes God does say no. I know that I can look back over many no's from God and the vast majority of them I can actually in hindsight thank him for at least the ones I know why it was no 
of David does here, and others many, David at least knew what it was. Sometimes we get the reason, sometimes we don't. But it is how we respond. And David here, as he nears the end of his life, he makes clear to everyone what God and why God has chosen to have the temple built by someone else. And he is content that God will do right. And brothers and sisters, whatever this coming year may hold for you, for me individually, for you, for me, for us as a church, corporately may we learn to rest in the Word and in the ways of God. Something that David encourages all of those who had gathered that day to be careful to do. We have an introduction. Three, three things. Firstly, we need of a plan. This was to be a temple for God. So it had to be right. It could not be just some quickly thrown together plan. David tells us in verse 2 that he had made plans to build it. And in verse 11, we see that he gave those plans over to his son Solomon. Yet, notice verse 12, because verse 12 shows us that this was not just David's idea. This was just not David's plan. Because we read there that the Spirit, the Spirit had put these plans into the mind of David. And in the first part of it, up to about verse 10, a little bit further, we have details concerning the, 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 the courts and, and, and the rooms and, and the treasuries. We've got instructions for the priests and, and, and for all the articles. We've, we've, we've got instructions for the weight of gold and, and the weight of silver for, for all the various articles. In chapter 2 of Second Chronicles, we've got even further details regarding the building. All of it shows, brothers and sisters, that this was a carefully put together plan that was spirit-led. And here's a really simple application. We also need to have, yes, a worked out plan regarding the work. And please do pray for the leadership on Saturday morning. However, the most important thing is that we, have, as we have been seeing and seeing in our studies in Acts, the most important thing is that we are filled and we are led by the Spirit. All the clever planning and all the clever preparing without the Spirit's leading and guiding will be fruitless. And there is here, I believe, the right balance. Because what this shows us is that the Spirit is not a spirit of disorder or chaos. 
And yes, we have to be open and obedient to the Spirit's moving and prompting, but we also need to remember never ever to confine his working only to our way of thinking. This is the way that it's always been done and will be done nevermore. God moves in mysterious ways his wonders to perform. And if we desire, and I trust you do, if we desire to see God's kingdom being built in this, our generation, then yes, we need to plan as the Spirit leads us. We need to remember that it is the Lord's work and therefore it deserves our very best. Read about all the materials that were used in the building of the temple. There was no shabby or second best material for this work. What there was was a clearly laid out spirit revealed plan. This is how my house is to be built. When we move into the New Testament, we read of Jesus likewise leaving us and his disciples a plan on how to build. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. There's a plan. Secondly, notice the need to participate. David has a great gathering of people round about him here. And while, yes, the task of building the temple is charged to Solomon, there is no way, there is no way that Solomon can do it by himself. Indeed, back in chapter 22, David there speaks of Solomon's youth and inexperience. Something that even Solomon himself recognized when, when he was called to be king, 2 Chronicles 1.10. But notice verse 21. Because we see from verse 21 that the divisions of the priests and the Levites, and notice this, every willing, skilled craftsman, the officials and all the people, they are all ready, brothers and sisters, to get involved. They are all ready to participate in this great work of building the temple. And once again, the very simple, yet deeply challenging application is this. In order to see the kingdom of God being built, in order to see this local church 
of Jesus Christ grow, then we all, every one of us, need to participate and need to play our part. It cannot be left to just a few. The work is too great. And there is something that we can all do. From the youngest to the oldest. Male and female. Will you this coming year commit to being involved in the work of building the kingdom of God? Notice how David speaks here of every willing man skilled in any craft. You see, willingness and our availability is so important. The work of God the job of building his kingdom, of being his worker, of being co-workers with Christ, is not to be seen, brothers and sisters, as duty and drudgery, but delight. It is a joy to serve the Lord. And these people did it willingly. Can you imagine how effective we could be if we were all willing participants in the great plan of God to build his kingdom? Shared on Thursday night at a prayer meeting, I, I love the little book of Haggai. Haggai centers on the rebuilding of the temple. And in verse 14 of chapter 1, we read these words these verses, these words. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shelatiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. They came and began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God. And friends, yes, the initiative and the onus lies with those in leadership, as it did with Solomon and the others, as it did with Zerubbabel and with Joshua. But it takes all of the people, all of the people, to be stirred up, not by a pastor standing up here and preaching, but by the Spirit of God to move in power. That is my prayer for this coming year. That God would, by the Holy Spirit, stir us up. And that together, that as one, we will be willing 
participants in the great plan that God has for us. Who is up for such a task? How will we manage? It's easy at the beginning of January, isn't it? But what about kind of come April and August and September and November? How will we manage? Well, finally, notice we have a promise. Were I to ask you, what is your biggest problem or your biggest difficulty in being involved in the work of the gospel? I wonder how many of you would say either fear or discouragement. I reckon that these two would be pretty high scoring. We can, for various reasons, be afraid. Be that of rejection, or of not knowing what to say, or whatever else. Fear is real. And then there can be discouragement. And again, for a number of reasons. Not seeing any fruit. Although let us remind ourselves, ultimately it is God who measures. Or the fact that no one else is joining us. Or, well, actually, no matter what I do, criticism is never far away. And I reckon that these two things resonate with many people as regards the work of the kingdom. Fear and discouragement. And then what happens is that they lose heart or they just don't get involved. Yeah, that would seem to have been the same down through the ages. Think of some of the Old Testament characters, Moses, Joshua, Elijah, and others. Elijah, no, Lord, there's nobody else but me. No, no. No, no. I've got 700 I haven't bowed in. Notice what David does here. He begins by telling Solomon who is on the brink of this great new work for God. He tells him, tells him, Solomon, be strong and courageous. Solomon, don't be afraid and don't be discouraged. Yes, Solomon, you're young. Yes, Solomon, some will mock you, some will ridicule you, some will criticize you. But you, Solomon, be strong, be courageous, don't be afraid, don't get discouraged. We need more Barnabases. Yet if we are honest, it's easy to say that. 
And as I said, it's even easy to begin something well, and especially so at the start of a new year, New Year's resolutions and all that kind of stuff. But we need more than just words to keep us going. Well, what? That's what we have here in this verse, because we have, if you like, one pro- not one promise, but two. Look at them and hold fast to them in this coming year. Because what they do is they speak of God's presence with us at all times. At all times. Notice firstly that David assures Solomon that the Lord, my God, not just any God, the Lord, my God, Jehovah, that is David's God, will be with you also, Solomon. See, Solomon would have grown up and known all about God's presence and God's power in and through his dad, David. And what an encouragement that must have been to Solomon to hear that this same God was going to be with Solomon just as he was with his dad David. It's the same message, remember, that, that God gave to, Josh, um, to Joshua when Joshua was ready to take over from Moses. God came and said, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And brothers and sisters, we can hold fast to that. Because God has promised never to leave us and never to forsake us. He will be with you. Whatever you go through in this coming year, you can know his presence. You can know his power. He changes not. But notice how also his presence is until the work is done. Solomon, God, My God, who is now your God, will not forsake you and he will not fail you. God will not let you down. And he won't leave you and he won't forsake you until your work is done. Now that doesn't mean that when this work of building the temple is done, that God would then fail or forsake. No. God is true to his word in that he will always be with his people. And as you and I stand at the beginning of a new year, we can take this twofold promise that God will be with us and God will not fail us and God will not forsake us. The work that we've been called to, as I said, is not to build a temple. It's to build a kingdom. And friends, that work will not be completed until Jesus either calls us home or in all his glory returns. What a promise. 
I won't forsake you and I won't fail you. I will be with you wherever you go, whatever you do. And so here we are, 2018, the year of the Lord's grace and favor. We look out into our community and I assure you, friends, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. We live in times of great upheaval. And yes, there are many, many challenges ahead. Yet God has brought us together at such a time as this. God has a plan. And that is to build his church. And we are to be participants in that plan. And as we engage in that plan, we can know and we can hold firm to his promises. In this coming year, may we be strong and courageous and do the work. May we not be afraid or discouraged. May we know that the Lord God, my God, is with you. And he will not fail you or forsake you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word, thank you that it has so much to teach us. Thank you for the work that you have called us to. Thank you for many who are involved in various aspects of the work. May we commit ourselves afresh to that work, not to build a temple of stones, but a kingdom of living stones. May we see lives changed and transformed. May we know your very presence with us wherever we go. May we know that you will never fail us and that you will never forsake us. Even as with David, when you sometimes give us a no, help us to know that the judge of all the earth does right. So, Lord, we just commit your word to our hearts. Pray that the Holy Spirit would take that which has been of you and impress it upon our hearts. And anything that's been 
unhelpful, anything that's not been of you. Lord, may it just be forgotten. Spirit of God, fall afresh upon us as we commit ourselves to you and to the work you've called us to. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.